Welcome to the Art of Being a Mum podcast, where I, Alison Newman, a singer, songwriter and Aussie mum of two, enjoys honest and inspiring conversations with artists and creators about the joys and issues they've encountered while trying to be a mum and continue to create. You'll hear themes like the mental juggle, changes in identity, how their work's been influenced by motherhood, mum guilt, cultural norms, and we also stray into territory such as the patriarchy, feminism, and capitalism. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, along with a link to the music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our supportive and lively community on Instagram. I'll always put a trigger warning if we discuss sensitive topics on the podcast, but if at any time you're concerned about your mental health, I urge you to talk to those around you, reach out to health professionals or seek out resources online. I've compiled a list of international resources which can be accessed on the podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The Art of Being a Mum would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on as being the Boendic people in the Barren region of South Australia. I'm working on land that was never ceded. Thank you so much for joining me. It is a pleasure to have you here from wherever you are all around the world. My guest today is Ayla Simone. Ayla is a contemporary fiction author and digital copywriter from Brisbane in Queensland, and she's a mum of two. Ayla grew up writing, but like many creatives, couldn't see how writing was going to be a full-time job. She turned instead to marketing, content creation and copywriting to utilise her creativity. Ayla began writing her debut novel, Marigold Milk, when her son was a baby. He was a contact napper and she would write while he was napping on her lap using her phone. Marigold Milk drops the reader into a tumultuous and transformative time of Mariella Gold's life. Grief-stricken by the loss of a child, Mariella loses her floristry business and applies for a nannying position with a twist. The unusual and lucrative role sees her helping to care for the baby of a widowed local doctor. The job is a welcome escape from the despair of her lifeless marriage and she's surprised to find joy and purpose with the new doctor and his son in a way she could never have expected. Ayla has two more books in the works and her work aims to examine themes of modern life that are often silenced within us and a particular focus on women and motherhood. This episode contains mentions of pregnancy loss and wet nursing. Hi, Ayla. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's such a pleasure to welcome you today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So whereabouts are you living? I'm in Brisbane in the suburbs. Lovely. Yeah. My sister spent a bit of time up in Brisbane a few years ago and we went to visit her. It's the first time I'd ever been up there. I just oh. loved it. It reminded me of like a bit like Adelaide with its sort of easygoing, but the weather being a lot better. I just found everyone was so friendly and it was just a really lovely place. It is. It is quite like a small town. Most of my family is in Melbourne. So mm-hmm. going to Melbourne, it's like, wow, this is a big city. And then you yeah. come back to Brisbane. You probably feel similar, I assume, to Adelaide. It's yeah. a lot more laid back. Yeah. yeah. It's very hot up here though. Yeah. That's the only downside, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Now, and because you guys don't have daylight savings, do you? 
No. Yeah, because that was something I noticed when I was up there, how it got early, like it got bright and light so early. And it was yeah. just like, okay, we're up. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was know, different from you. On the flip side, you go to somewhere with daylight savings and the kids don't want to go to sleep until like mm-hmm. nine or 10 o'clock because it's bright. That's yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's us at the moment. It's like half past eight or maybe even quarter to nine before it gets dark. So oh, they're right. just like, but it's still light outside. We don't have to go to bed. It's like, oh, no, my gosh. And you're like, I've got nothing left. You have to do it. <laughs> yeah, that was literally me last night because the, we've all gone back to school today down here. Oh, yeah. So um, last night I was oh, just happy like, day. please just go to sleep. Yeah. Please just go to sleep. <laughs> Oh, must be a great day for you then. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful day. Yeah. It is such a nice day. It's just nice to have done the school drop off and then just go do something that doesn't involve looking after yeah. other people. Yeah. And the <laughs> silence when you leave them and it's like, I don't have to talk to anyone for a little while. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you take it for granted. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into writing? Is it something that you've always done, like as a kid growing up? Yeah, yeah. Writing has always sort of been my thing, I guess. Like I remember in primary school going to little writing camps and in high school I was in, you know, the kind of extension English writing thing and that was my thing. Like I could not do maths to save my life at all. Sounds so like yeah. <laughs> Writing has been it, so I probably clung to that because I was like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, no, I've always loved writing. I always wanted to write a book. Um, yeah, and I've, I've just finally now done it. I think some probably other people in the arts can relate to this. You have an interest in something creative. And growing up, there's a lot of noise around, okay, but you've got to kind of make that a job where you can actually make a living, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, for yeah. the kind of consumer society. You can't, you know, you can't toddle off into the woods and write a book. Like, that's not what you're going to do. <laughs> so yeah I've done marketing and um, content creation and copywriting so I guess that's how I kind of made it a job and mm-hmm. then yeah recently got to what I wanted to do originally which is writing a book <laughs> oh, well congratulations that's pretty exciting yeah, yeah that uh, that theme of of sort of putting your passion on the back burner or in like in your case and many others too finding a way to sort of slightly incorporate that into their like paid job yeah. um, it's such a common theme just mm-hmm. you know pa- parents will be like oh you know how are you going to pay the bills you know that's not a real job all that sort of stuff and then yeah. they find themselves coming back to it you know as an adult because yeah. you just cannot you get to a point where you cannot not do it you know it's like yeah, this passion exactly. inside you just makes you do it So tell us about your book. Well, my book, I feel like this is a common theme with authors or it might just be me because I'm a shy author. But when someone asks, what's your book about? That's like the worst question for some reason. It's like hard to condense something so like internal. 
but basically it's about a main character and she's just lost a baby and then she's lost her business and her husband of 10 years has turned on her and become a really awful person in her life. So she's desperate to find a purpose and she decides that she wants to donate her breast milk online after hearing about it from a friend. Um, and then she meets with a widowed man who's just lost his wife so he has a baby to feed and he's desperate for help as well <laughs> and he asks her to fulfill the quite unusual position these days of being a wet nurse for his baby and the reason behind that is the baby has a lot of allergies and he's really struggling you know to find something that will help his baby be healthy <laughs> so she's sort of propelled by her grief and wanting to escape her household situation and she accepts it and joins this family and she starts to find purpose and happiness again, but then sort of the truth of her own motherhood and what has happened in her past starts to unravel slowly. And yeah. she has to kind of face her demons and see if she can overcome them to find her own purpose in life again. Yeah, right. That's a really cool um, storyline. Like, yeah, that's really it's cool. It's quite unusual. When I yeah. started writing it, I... It was kind of the whole point was, you know, I was at home with my baby, nursing, writing. And I was just thinking, you know, I've never read a book really where there's a character, even books that have mothers, there's not really a character that mentions, you know, the breastfeeding, the nursing or, you know, feeding the baby. It's mm. not something that's mentioned that often. And for me, at least, it's like a huge part of being a mum like I mean no matter how you feed your baby especially at the start you're spending hours every day like feeding yeah. your baby whether it's a bottle you're breastfeeding them it's a huge yeah. thing so I sort of wanted to incorporate that and I started writing it as historical fiction because you know wet nurses that was an old time thing mm, yeah but then I think it was like 20,000 words in I was like this isn't gonna really help modern mothers like this is you know a historical story but if I was to kind of juxtapose it with modern times where it actually makes it something a little shocking to some people, I'm sure. Mm, I yeah. just think it has more value for mothers yeah. to kind of read it in a modern setting. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you sort of what year it's set. Um, yeah. And for those who don't know, a wet nurse basically is it's a mother who's lactating, who feeds another mother's child basically. Yes. yes. Yeah. And in my story, I've been very careful to not, it's not, how do I say this? It's not the, I wouldn't even say it's the central theme of the story. Mm -hmm. And I think that was important for me, for mothers reading it. It's not the hero of the story. It's not that she breastfeeds a child. And it's definitely not the villain of the story. You know, it doesn't ruin mm -hmm. anything for her. It's something very special and that's highlighted, but yeah it's not the be all end all she has so many other facets to her other than that she's feeding a baby but yeah the fact that her client kind of needed her to do that to help him but it also very much helped her because she was grieving the loss of a child you know if you lose mm. a baby quite late you may lactate so this is what's happened to this character yeah. and I think it, it's just been a huge comfort for her that she could use that milk
for your identity, was it important for you to keep that writing process going when you had your children? Yes, definitely. I mean, I write quite a lot in my job, but mm-hmm. to have that sort of also hobby creative writing, it's so important. And I feel so much better, you know, if I've had a bit of time to write. And usually, actually always, my writing time is like in bed with a baby on me, writing <laughs> on Google Docs on my phone. That's literally yeah. how I wrote this book, the whole thing. <laughs> um so, you know, it's just fit in somewhere, but then the rest of the afternoon, it's like, oh, you know, I've done something for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I can be a better mother for it, definitely. And mm-hmm. I have a I have a baby, but I also have a seven-year-old. So it's been pretty cool telling her about the book and her seeing it and being like, oh, my God, my mom wrote a book. Like, she's so excited. So that's yeah. <laughs> that That is awesome. That is really cool. Um, yeah. Do you sort of feel like it's important that, that your seven-year-old sees you as something else other than as a mother you know you're still you're you're still a person that does things in the world <laughs> yeah definitely and maybe that's why it was even more surprising for her like I sort of said to her while I was writing it like oh I've been writing this story I think I might actually get it published into a book and it, that's sort of an abstract idea or a seven-year-old like what do you mean <laughs> like you know yeah. you're not Roald Dahl you can't write a book um <laughs> yeah. and then when it arrived and I actually showed her it's like yeah I could see on her face like wow my mom like does stuff other than look after us yeah yeah especially for a little girl like I don't want her to think she'll have kids one day and that's it like hang up your cowboy boots you're done yeah but you that's know what it, I mean? yeah absolutely so many other aspects to a woman obviously mm. but no that that's really cool I love that and I sort of feel like that with my sons it's like for them as they grow up to be able to respect a woman as other things apart from just having children you know mm, like definitely. I feel like there's there's certainly a you know that misogynistic sort of element to society that you know like you said you hang up your boots you're done yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's definitely. really important yeah absolutely So how old's your youngest? So he's 16 months, so he's yeah. actually a toddler, but he's probably my last one, so it's me, he's a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So when did you start writing, When just when he was really when he was really a baby? Both my kids have been contact nappers, so, yeah. you know, I'm just stuck in bed for hours a day. And I think he was just a few months old, and I'm scrolling Facebook or whatever, it's like, why, why don't I do something that's actually going to benefit my mental health and you know if it can turn into something my future so yeah I just started writing this story and I just loved it and every nap time occasionally after bedtime that's just what I've done yeah that's awesome so sorry I didn't say the book's title it's Marigold Milk so I'm guessing Marigold is the main character her name is Mariella Gold so Ah, uh, yeah that's Marigold comes up because she had a floristry business that gets shut down mm-hmm. and one of the other characters says to her oh like why didn't you call it you know something like marigold because your name makes up marigold and that's sort of a pivotal moment and then after that marigolds kind of pop up through the story as symbolism for how her story is unfolding mm-hmm. so yeah that's cool how did you come up with the idea were you 
was that just something that came to you or are you like a are you really into flowers and I am into flowers (laughs) and I love symbolism Mm -hmm. so I think it did come quite organically I wrote her in as a florist I think I've always been fascinated by floristry like it's just such a beautiful art to work in Mm -hmm. um yeah and then as kind of the marigold play on words came up it all just started unfolding and I've planned out my next two books and they're both flower related as well oh cool so that's sort of like the theme the next two books I mean I don't want you to give any secrets away Um, are they an extension of Marigold's story or are they just brand new characters well I didn't want to write a sequel I'm not sure why I I just prefer a standalone story and it is quite closed book so when it finishes it's kind of like okay the story's done it's nice and neatly tied up Mm -hmm. but I have made the next two books have a slight overlap in characters so there's sort of like a very sideline character in Marigold Milk and then the next book it is her story so Mm -hmm. they sort of mention each other which I think is a cute little tie-in but they're actually Mm. the stories are not related at all so my next book has actually got nothing to do with motherhood or babies or anything which has actually been really fun. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this is really an escape. I'm writing like a 30-something single spinster with a cat. And like, that could be great. <laughs> like, she's, she's got time on her hands. Yeah. <laughs> she can do anything. So that's yeah. been really fun. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's sort of like you're living out <laughs> you're like three the other, characters. The other universe, parallel yeah. universe, what could have happened. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. What's it like, the process to get a book published? Well, I mean, it's different for everyone. There is the traditional publishing route, which I dabbled with. And then I think I read so much about it from other authors. I was just scared out of it. And it might be something I pursue in the future, but it's a very... lengthy process you've kind of got to find an agent and then once you've got an agent they contact the publishing houses and then even if you do get a deal you usually have to wait like two or three years before your book is actually out there oh right yeah and I think because I spent just like day after day hours and hours writing this book when it was finished I was like no I'm getting this out there yeah. I can't have this on me anymore I need to get it done so I can move on to the next thing mm. so I ended up self-publishing my book which has yeah. been really interesting and exciting thing yeah, yeah to do. it's amazing how accessible it is to publish a book now yeah cool Quite simple We have this topic that I love to talk about to all my guests and I put it in air quotes, the old mum guilt. What is your take on that? I do remember after I had my first baby, another mum made a yeah, throwaway comment, something like, oh, yes, you'll, you know, you'll have mum guilt. It's always there. You're always going to feel guilty, you know, doing anything right. And I remember at the time my baby was about six months old and I was, I really couldn't relate to what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just the naivety of it. <laughs> 
I'm no, that's sure. awesome. But, you know, I was kind of like, I know I'm doing everything I can for this baby. I don't feel guilty. Everything's great. But sort of since I've had the second and it might be about you, there's more of a juggle because, you know, especially with the age gap I have, there's a seven-year-old that wants to chat all day and make bracelets and little intricate things. And then I have this 16-month-old boy just destroying everything. <laughs> Yeah. And I, yeah, I have definitely found now a bit of mom guilt. It's just like, there's not enough of you to go around at all. But I wouldn't say I ever feel guilty about writing or doing things like that for myself. And it might be because it's so limited. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not going down to get a pedicure and, you know, I don't yeah. have much time and that's my little bit of time that I do that. So I think I feel pretty good about it. Mm. good on you I love hearing those answers yeah and and it's the sort of thing everybody has a different take on it and I think that's why I love talking about it because I just love hearing you know the differences and the variances and yeah I love that I had I think I've had two guests that didn't even know what it was at all and I was like this is what it should be for all of (laughs) us yeah (laughs) no I love that (laughs) yeah um I can relate to that they is sort of the age gap you have too. I've got seven years between my two okay. and they have their moments. They, um, they fight like cats and dogs sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> they they both... do have cute moments though, don't they? Oh yeah. It is lovely to watch. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Aww. And I think it's nice having a child that's old enough to remember their sibling getting born and yeah, like that. I reckon that's pretty cool. It's lovely. Although I don't know about your children, but my older child remembers being an only child. So she's sort of like, she brings me photos of us, just my, her dad and I and her together yeah. on holidays. And she's like, so can we leave Leo somewhere and like do that again? I'm like, <laughs> probably not. Like I can't just ditch your little brother somewhere. Oh God. That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. yeah that's a good thought. I've never actually thought about that. I should ask. I'll make a note to ask Alex that. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh God. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's good fun. So something else I like to talk about is like sort of the cultural norms of, you know, the traditional roles of the mother and the father and who goes to work and who stays home. And what role modelling did you have about what a mother could look like when you were growing up? Did it sort of inspired you to, to do what you're doing? Well, I would say my family unit when I was growing up is quite different to probably what my now family unit is in that it was very traditional. So <laughs> my mum was basically home with us I think till I started primary school so we very much had like the mother at home and the dad you know that went to work and my mum was just excellent at being you know a stay-at-home mum you know baking and cooking and in my memory always seemed to be cheery and happy to play with us which is (laughs) is a hard thing to aim for (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah whereas and it might be a little bit because of what my job is like. Like, I, you know, I can do my job on my phone or on my laptop home anywhere. With both kids, I've gone back into some kind of from-home work mm-hmm. within six months to a year of having them. Yep. So although I am 
staying at home, just like my mum did. I think, yeah, I'm. I don't have the mental space to be like baking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if anything, yeah, I wish I was a bit more like my mum. But I think the times are very different now. Mm. You can't really. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Now, basically, you know. If yeah. I was staying at home, not working, I'm sure someone would have say something to say about that. Or if I was yeah. working full time and putting the kids in daycare, you know, that would also be mortifying for some people. So, yeah, it's just trying to strike a balance in these crazy modern times, isn't mm. it? Yeah, I think, yeah, we're all just doing the best we can, aren't we? Like, I know there's so much. I think that's where a lot of people do feel the mum guilt is like the judgment of others, that someone's comment will make you feel bad about yourself. But you know deep down, like you said before about, you know, you you know you're doing the best you can. You know you, you're giving your children everything you can. So it's these sort of offhand flippant remarks mm. can really make us question ourselves. And it's it, like social media makes it even worse when you see all people doing whatever and you think, oh, I should be doing that or I shouldn't be doing that or whatever, you know, all that yeah should come up yeah yeah and that's a big part of I guess why I wanted to include a little like reality about motherhood and breastfeeding that sort of thing in my book because also similar with that breastfeeding sort of damned if you do damned if you don't as well you know Mm. like as a mother you might feel so ashamed to try to breastfeed your kid in public but then you'll be all like equally ashamed to go and buy a tin of formula. Like, you yeah. know, there's no winning in our society. You can't do the right thing. So, yeah. yeah, I just wanted, I guess, to include a little reality where it kind of bubbles under the surface of the rest of her story. And it's not the be all end all, but it's mm-hmm. quite, I would say it's quite realistic for the story, which I think is helpful for young women because like, I'm a 90s baby my mm-hmm. like growing up seeing mums in media it was like Rachel on Friends and yeah like, yeah <laughs> and how were they babies represented like they would come into the apartment and just look at this baby sleeping in the cot by itself I'm like oh that's a cute baby like that is yeah. so not what happened for me like, yeah. my baby, well, why wasn't Rachel contact napping or like having vomit all over her like where was the reality yeah exactly yeah like, yeah, I'm having my first baby, I just was so oblivious. I had no idea what to expect. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a bit of reality, I think, is nice. <laughs> mm. Yes, I can relate to that. It's like you see people with babies and you hear you hear stories and and you just have no, you really have no idea, do you? No. Like even if someone tells you, you don't really even listen because you're just not even in that headspace. Like you just no. don't take it in. Um, And that's probably how human race continues to reproduce because (laughs) if you truly took it in and you knew what it would be like, you might not want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, that is so true. to ask you just you just piqued my interest with something with um marigold in the book does she cop any flack from other characters in the book about her choice to be the wet nurse yes 
so she does not actually tell her husband. Her husband and her have quite a toxic relationship. So mm-hmm. she sort of jumps at the opportunity to move in with this doctor to help his child. But she tells her husband she's just a live-in nanny because she knows mm-hmm. he would be, you know, really weirded out by that. And within the actual household that she moves into, he also has a sort of housekeeper that helps with cooking and stuff while he works. And she's very judgmental of Marigold. So she's, you know, sort of like, you're getting paid, you know, this obscene amount of money to lay around breastfeeding a baby. So, you know, she thinks it's just ridiculous and thinks they should have tried harder to find the right formula and all this sort of thing. So, yeah, she definitely faces quite a lot of backlash and also sort of she has an inner dialogue going, this is just bizarre. Like, what am I Mm. doing? I've just lost a baby and now I'm in someone else's house breastfeeding their baby who's pretty much the same age as what her baby would have been at that point. So, Mm. yeah, it's, it's a very conflicting position she's in. Yeah, that would be, yeah, like she she would. She'd just think this is really weird, what, what am I doing, and maybe feel really uncomfortable physically about doing it. But then at the same yeah. time it would just give her so much, I don't know, comfort, I guess. Mm, um, definitely. But yeah, at the same time could be also then a bit weird too that she's imagining it's her own child. I don't know. There's so many yeah. things in there, isn't it? Yeah, it's there like... are definitely little moments like that and it's been so touching I've had a few reviews from mothers that have read it and you know I've had one who is breastfeeding I believe her toddler and she was just like oh my gosh I feel so seen like I've never read a book where that you actually you know the actual latching on and everything like you actually know what the baby's doing I've never read Mm -hmm. that and I was like that's amazing and I had another review which just made me cry a mother that has two healthy kids but she lost a baby in between them and she was just you know, so thankful that I included that in the story. And I've been careful not to, I guess I didn't delve too deeply into it because I haven't experienced it myself. So Mm. I was really hesitant to go far into what happened. You know, it kind of doesn't really say exactly what happened. It's really in the background. Mm -hmm. But I have tried really hard to include, you know, the emotions of what she's gone through. And the most important part for me was, giving her a story where she finds purpose again she finds happiness Mm -hmm. and although you know the pain of that will never go away she does continue on in her life which hopefully is comforting for people because it's such Mm. you know such a common thing that women go through and it's not it's I've never read it in a book personally Mm. so yeah that's not good on you I think that I reckon that's fantastic good on you for doing that did you you did you feel torn at any stage about not writing it in that way or did you think no this is I'm doing it like this um I I was torn there was a little while where I thought you know I haven't experienced this maybe it's the wrong thing to write about it you know maybe she gave her baby up for adoption or something like that but then I thought you know there's there's a lot more women that can relate to this story and it would be I think a lot more helpful for women if that's just what happens so mm. I just stuck with it and hopefully I've done it justice <laughs> oh it sounds like from the from the feedback you've had that's yeah really positive ah, well yeah. done that's awesome
So tell us where people can get the book. Yes. So right now it's available on Amazon. So it's available as a Kindle ebook mm-hmm. or it's available as a paperback. So you can get either awesome. format. And um, this year I'm getting it into a few more physical stores. In Brisbane, it will be available at a little shop called Marigold House, coincidentally. Jeepers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a very happy coincidence and that it'll be available from next week there. That's in the gap in Brisbane. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, hopefully a few more physical bookstores as the year goes on, which is exciting. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. So if you search Marigold Milk by Ayla Simone on Amazon, yeah, that's where it is. Awesome. Well, I'll put some hyperlinks in the show notes so people can click away. And Oh, great. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been lovely. It was lovely. It's such yeah. a treat to talk to an adult <laughs> without my kid on me. <laughs> it's really, it's been a lovely experience for me just to be able to do something without my children. <laughs> yeah, me too. Happy first day of school. Yeah. Why not? The music you heard featured on today's episode was from Alemjo, which is my new age ambient music trio comprised of myself, my sister Emma Anderson and her husband John. If you'd like to hear more, you can find a link to us in the show notes. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.